0: Hello and welcome to episode 70 of the Social Liability Podcast, the podcast where we discuss those folks in our lives that violate the social contracts that we all agree to live by. I am your host, the Raz Grease, with my co-host, the Buck Grundle, and normally I would say at this point that we have stories from the far reaches of the internet of people just acting like miscreants. Unfortunately, Buck has decided to do something that has been somewhat unheard of in the past two years, and Buck, you went and left your house. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I am currently at my cousin's wedding in Hamilton, Virginia.
0: In a hotel and we're we've had some we've had some experience doing these on you know from hotels and stuff like that, but it's never really worked out great. So we're going to try a new method. It may sound a little different because we're all using cell phones. And when I say oh, I don't mean just Buck and I. I actually mean somebody we've spoken about several times on the podcast and the podcast has actually been recording for us for almost 10 minutes because we were trying to think of what the heck to call this guy. We've always referred to him as our constable friend. So really, it, we can't think of anything else, but uh, caregiver Katie just yelled out Sasquatch. So welcome to the podcast, Squanch.
1: <laughs>
2: yes,
0: for <we're> having me.
1: <laughs> so
0: uh, the, the three of us, we have known each other for what, how long now? I mean, God's sakes.
1: Over 15 years, I mean I've known you since '05, so that's 16 right there. Well rather and
2: than you since you're like 15 and I've known uh, I've known Buck for probably about as long as you have.
0: Pretty close. It's a, it, we've all known each other for quite some time. And one of the biggest social liabilities that's ever happened in our lives other than these two's divorces, uh, has been the time that they kidnapped me. And we (laughs) went on our mission, Baltimore. And this is we referred, we referenced this several times because it was such a major event that happened in in fuckaloo history. And that was the the bachelor party for the Raz. So, why don't you guys actually orchestrated this whole thing without me knowing? So maybe we can touch on that. How did (laughs) how did you guys manage to do that?
1: All right. So I'm going to go ahead and briefly uh, highlight my part of this. Um, Squatch called me up and said, we're doing this. And the only thing that I actually accomplished was selling a guitar to get the money to go and convincing my ex-wife to give me permission. Other than that, Squatch pretty much, you know, took care of the whole gamut. Well,
0: you guys even managed to get me off work.
2: Well, that's (laughs) the thing. This was a problem because at the time, both of you had worked for, uh, a, a certain uh prison. penal institution, right? And uh virtually everybody that you knew, Raz, worked at the prison and were supposed to be working at the time. So uh I had to coordinate these things with uh some of the senior administration from the prison to get people off work to to come and hang out for this thing.
0: Yeah, cuz I was like literally that day I was i was on the night shift at work and i was getting up and moving to go to work and my you know then fiance was like dragging ass i'm like i gotta go soon what the hell <laughs> um you know let's get some dinner and let's get going I mean, let's go out and get something if we have to we'll head a window it doesn't matter but i gotta get ready for work and next thing i know it's uh i got people at my door saying nope not happening <laughs>
2: So your fiance had actually kicked this off because she had reached out to me uh, probably a day before. And she said, uh, you know, Raz is getting pretty bummed out. He doesn't think you're going to do anything for uh, for his bachelor party. And you need to make this pretty outstanding. But nobody's going to be able to get off work for it. And it's just it's not something that's going to happen. And he knows it's not going to happen. And he's already disappointed. He's bummed out. If there's anything you can do, you know, it's time to work a little bit of magic. So uh, I I contacted the uh, at the time, the, I guess, senior deputy warden at the prison. And I laid it out and said, hey, we need to make this happen. And he says, I don't know. You're going to have to find, you know, some of these guys They're They're already scheduled to work and you're going to have to find somebody else to cover for them. So that's when I started making phone calls to people I'd never even met, begging CEOs to come in and and to cover for guys.
0: <laughs> so so there, there ended up only being three of us from the prison that went. Um, and and it, it, it was definitely a, an experience with one of them, which I'm sure we're going to touch on. But let's let's after this, this all happened <laughs> and everyone was at my tiny little apartment. And I mean tiny folks. This was in the attic of someone's house. Uh, we, we were poor. Uh, we went off to Baltimore, Maryland. And I, uh,
1: I, uh, I actually want to interject here for a second because I need to highlight something really important that uh, Squatch didn't uh, highlight. It's pretty material information. The CEOs that covered for us, you know, you, me, and the uh, – and the other gentleman that went that was our coworker we're uh, going to call tp by the way we're going what now tp for TP. Uh, triangle well you, you, yeah, okay for, go on okay tp so one of one of the officers that covered for the three of us actually had to be paid
0: <laughs>
1: i'm i'm letting you know that squatch really took it to the upper decks to get your butt to get your butt down there i mean like yeah, you know what? I think I, I
2: do remember that. It, 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 it took a little financial incentive to get him to pick up
0: that. Yeah, we worked with a bunch of assholes. <laughs> we really did.
1: Uh, oh, no, the guy who covered for the, the, the person who covered for me was happy to do it. <laughs> it, it it's just It was getting the person to actually cover for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, I, I wasn't
0: the most popular figure in the world. That was That's to be sure.
1: But but either way we got <laughs> your ass. Go we're, go we're so we leave the apartment. We're we're heading down to Baltimore is where you left now, off now, right now. Let me, I, I,
0: I'm trying to remember who all was with us. There was there there was the three of us. There was now referred to as T P. Um,
1: and then your uh, your other let, friend
0: Tyrone. Oh, um, let's just call him fit. we'll just call him Tyrone. So <laughs> Tyrone uh, and that was it though. That was just it. That was no no. Oh I'm sorry, and then um the uh, zoo was there. So the Zouaw was there as well. Was so, he?
1: Yes. I don't remember that. Oh, yes. he left early though. Oh, yes. He left really. he left we,
0: we, we'll, we'll get into that little fucker, Lou. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, uh, we first went down to the Inner Harbor in Baltimore, Maryland. My neighbors have some yappy dogs. Uh, we went to the Inner Harbor in Baltimore, Maryland, and we went to a, a restaurant. Uh, did you care to explain this type of restaurant to everyone there, Squatch? Well, I mean, it's, it's your
2: average high-end uh, uh, steakhouse. Um, it was a decent place, but the problem is we showed up looking like a motley crew. And I had called earlier, and they said that they wouldn't take a reservation from us because uh, they didn't offer reservations on that short of notice. They said if we came in, then we might get seated, but it was first come, first serve. And it, it wasn't looking very hopeful. So met- we came down, and I met with the ma- uh, the, the Mettredi. D. And- but he looked at our he looked at our group and he he says to me, first of all, you don't have a reservation, so it's highly unlikely that you're going to get set. And second of all, this is a very expensive restaurant. Uh, you need to show us. Basically, he said, you need to show us the color of your money before we'll feed you or we'll sit you down. <laughs> and. Uh, I mean, out of all of us, I think I was the only one that was maybe dressed semi-appropriately for the restaurant, but fuck that. We're getting you food, <laughs> and uh, you know we were going to go in and get a decent steak, so I had to show this guy that, that I had cash. Not only that, but they still didn't want to give us a table, so I slipped the guy not an insignificant amount of money, so we could not only get set, but we ended up in a private dining room with our
0: own waiter. <laughs> We did. It was this big ass long freaking table. Uh, it was more table than there was us. There <laughs> so was. <it> was yeah. <laughs> it, this is it, like some some kind of weird thing that I, 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 think, I think I thought part of the reason they put us in that room was that nobody would see us. You might um,
2: be right, but there's also the matter of our language. We tend to have a little bit uh, it, most more of our words are
1: blue than any other color. I got to tell you what, I'm actually quite proud of us. I don't think any of us have sworn once since we've started this recording. And that's like a personal record for us, Raz. No, but, I so. But let me, let me, let me paint a little picture for you of, of what, what I looked like. Because I'm monochromatic colorblind. Okay. And I don't dress myself. I can't be trusted with these things because I end up looking like a social liability. And since my ex-wife was so reluctant to let me go, she even told me that I had to dress myself. So I did. And I ended up looking like something that came out of a safari because I reached into my closet and I grabbed a pair of khaki pants and I went to the shirt section and I didn't know what would match. And I noticed I had a khaki shirt and I was like, that's what we're going to go with. And that that
2: khaki. That was pink. It was pink. It was pink. It was bright pink. And you wore it with a pink eye, and you had Christmas-colored socks. I thought it was on purpose.
1: Oh, my gosh. So I didn't even know how bad it looked. Here I am. Here I am. I was 15 years later, and I'm already blushing again.
0: I thought you looked great. I thought it was intentional.
1: <laughs> nope. Nope. Accidentally awesome is still 100% awesome, I guess. <laughs>
0: So, and, and throughout everybody ordering, you know, this is one of those places the menu does not have the prices on the menu because everything's market rate at whatever the time is and whatever their markup is.
1: $52 fucking steak in 2008. I almost had a heart attack fucking looking at the bill. Jesus Christ, I'm well, glad. Well, every, every
0: time that they, uh, they well, when, would order, he would say, Are you sure?
2: <laughs> well, when they say market rate, market rate isn't whatever it costs them at market. It's whatever they feel the market can bear. So if yeah. they look when they're like, yeah, we're going to price this out of their range. That's what they're going to do. You know, a $50 stake to you and I might be a $500 stake to Bill Gates or, or Donald Trump. You know what I'm saying?
1: True. Uh,
2: I think that's why they don't have the fixed price menu. It's so they can adjust those rates. They're, they're, uh, uh, But at any rate, yeah, uh, and they did. Uh, Just just like you were saying there, Buck, uh, every time somebody ordered, uh, the waiter would be like, "Uh, is is Monsieur certain? It's like, (laughs) yeah, I want a fucking steak.
1: I didn't want a steak after I found out a plate of French fries was eight fucking dollars. But I got one anyhow.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but you know they can they can pretend like they're the most high end thing in town, but then one of the staff members is like, "Hey, <laughs> hey well, <guys.
2: laughs> yeah, well, that was the thing that that was the thing the uh, the the waiter. We ended up hooking up the waiter, and he ended up being really really decent to us. Now, mind you, this is not uh, uh, this is not the." first choice in restaurant that we had i wanted to take us to ruth's chris and get us a steak and then go up for a cigar and then we were going to figure out the rest of the evening but no that's not the way it played out instead we ended up at a different steakhouse
0: can i can oh. i just point out the fact that now this many years later i thought we were at ruth's chris
1: <laughs> as did i yeah. <laughs> It, it, it wasn't Ruth
2: Gress. It was another steakhouse. It was still a very, a, a fairly high-end steakhouse. as far as steakhouses go. You know, it, it cost us a good bit to, to bribe the maitre d' to give us a table to start with. They asked us to prove that we had money before we got sat. But the, the the waiter did end up being pretty cool. We We tipped him pretty decent after he got cool with us. And then he turned us on to uh, the valet outside because we were looking for things to do for this bachelor party. This was like a spur of the moment off the cuff thing. This was not planned out. It just ended up becoming this adventure. So they kept (laughs) saying, Oh, go over to the ESPN zone, man. It's, it's awesome. Everybody comes down here to go to the ESPN zone.
0: And I'm going, which was billed as a three story video arcade.
2: Basically. And I'm thinking that's lame, especially since none of us are particularly that into sports. I don't enjoy watching sports. I enjoy playing sports, but you don't go to the ESPN zone to drink beer and play sports. You're going to to basically look at big screens playing old, uh, you know, old uh, game highlight footage. Who cares? Don't care. Don't care. And then they, you know, we, all these. We videos. did go
0: to the ESPN zone. I want to say that we did go to the ESPN zone, and that's where the fuck really started. But that back to the valet.
2: Well, right, the valet. Uh, uh, we ended up going to the ESPN zone, and it sucked. There was nobody there. No, there was nobody and, and, there. And the,
0: the games were all gone too. It was half empty. It was like a ghost town. Well, also
2: we got to remember that this is like a Wednesday. No, it was a Thursday night. And that was back before Thursday night going out was like popular. So this is the inner Harbor on a Thursday night. It was a little on the chilly side outside people, you know, it it, it was not a busy happening night. And we leave the SPN zone after one drink. Oh, don't, don't,
0: don't forget
1: that. But don't forget about who we saw. No, 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 no. We got,
0: we got to start. we, we, We got to back it up and I'm going to go on to this one. So, after we, we looked around this sad-ass arcade, we went downstairs. Now, downstairs in the ESPN zone, there's two things. There's a gift shop, and then there's a restaurant-slash-TV studio. Right. And and in this TV studio, they film something um, for Sports Center on ESPN. So, we're sitting in the very back of this damn thing, and we're all just having a beer. And TP looks up at the stage and goes, Hey! That's Todd Heap, and I'm like, who the fuck's Todd Heap? You know, <laughs> he's apparently he plays for the Ravens. I'm like, oh okay, he's a he's a football player. Great, cool. And he's uh, were they engaged at the time?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, they were engaged for a long time.
0: Yeah. Well, he, that's her favorite football player, you know. And I'm like, all right, we'll go get his fucking autograph for her. That'd be cool. He's like, uh, I don't. I'm like, I don't got enough room to sign. I go, there's a gift shop right there, dude go get a football get a marker and go have this dude sign that thing for your fiance cool so he dawdles over there whatever gets it and goes up and stands by the stage and there's a line of people up there we forget about him you know we're just because i don't give a shit and we're finishing our drinks and he this comes, back. So great. He comes so back great he comes back looking so dejected And he has that fucking football under his arm. (laughs) Like he just lost the big game. (laughs) And we're like, dude, what happened? He's like, he wouldn't sign it. Why? He'd only sign it for the girls. I go, what? (laughs) And I I started yelling, Todd, heaps a fucking asshole. (laughs) And everyone's like, dude, dude, quiet down. I'm like, no, that dude's a fucking asshole. He wouldn't sign my friend's ball. Todd, heaps a fucking asshole. Well, next thing well, I know, I got this big Beside
2: this motor- ball sack,
0: probably, but I got this monster of a man standing next to me, and I'm looking up. I mean, like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> and then uh, TP, that's Todd Heap. <laughs> yeah. I looked at him. I looked him right he- in the he- eyes, <laughs> and I said, "You're a fucking asshole." <laughs> and next, now I've got, I've got. Uh, Buck, I've got Squatch, I've got TP, I've got Tyrone Zoov's nowhere to be found and they're trying to stay between me and this football player who's also got his humongous entourage that they could have thrown us on the table and have eaten us I'm yelling at this oh, guy he's how, how much of an a-hole he is and he's not saying a word but he's mad <laughs> turns out where we were sitting was the back door out of the ESPN zone and they were trying to take him out the back door to get in his limousine. And he couldn't get by us. <laughs> so after they finally ushered him out, we all ran out the front door so I could keep yelling at him. <laughs> they drove off in the limousine. And the whole time, I'm thinking, just swing, motherfucker, swing. <laughs> the one and that- only time I've ever tr- tried to get into a bar fight in my life. <laughs> and it was with a freaking NFL. I think he was a quarterback, wasn't he?
1: I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, did.
2: I mean, your wife tried to get me into a brawl one time at uh, at, at an Orioles game about a block from there. <laughs> but that's a so a
0: So, you know, now, okay, now we've got to slum it in a, in a steakhouse. We've almost got into a fight with an NFL football player, which is not the end of the story with the Baltimore Ravens for the night.
1: Oh, well, no. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going go to go uh, take I'm going to go ahead and take the reins on this one. Because after after yeah. we went to the ESPN zone, we ended up going to a strip club. Well, not just any strip club. We well, went to score. We got there.
2: By the way, Todd, he uh, was a uh, tight end.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> he was a tight asshole.
0: <laughs> so the, the Mater D is what hooked us up with scores, right?
1: Uh, or not the uh, Mater D, well, the valet,
0: the valet.
2: Right. But it was we ended up going back out there because, yes, you still had to be heard. So when we got (laughs) back out there, the backside of the ESPN zone was uh, 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 it was the same area where Heap was getting into his his uh, limousine. And that's where the valet was for the restaurant that we had been in previously, the same uh, uh, the same restaurant that had directed us over to the ESPN zone to start with. So we were over there cutting up as, as uh, you know, Mr. Football's taken off in his car. And we're still, we're standing around, like, with our thumbs up our backside, still trying to figure out what we're actually going to do next.
0: Because we are definitely not welcome back in the ESPN zone.
2: <laughs> we, yeah, no, probably, probably no not. we burned but that I mean, bridge, buddy. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, the, uh, the valet there was like, I'll, I'll tell you what, there's this new place. And at the time, it was a new place. It was a new place, and it was the place that people <laughs> scores Strip club in Baltimore, right?
0: Well, it's a chain, actually. It's a, it's a high-end strip club chain that started <laughs> in New York.
2: How high-end it is, I don't know. I'm not a, a connoisseur aficionado of strip clubs, but I'll tell you this. <laughs> uh, they, they did send us over there uh, with, like, uh, an introduction to get in. So apparently Brux, you
0: can't just roll into this place.
2: Well, yeah. not at the time. This was like their opening week or something. This was they were brand new in Baltimore, and it was uh, it, it was sort of by invitation only, unless you had kind of a connection. And this was our connection. We we had an introduction to go there. So Buck, take it from there. We're uh, we're rolling up on scores.
1: All right. So we go in there and and again minute, and again, we're all completely underdressed. <laughs>
2: Yes, Oh, there was a uh, there was a limousine that was uh, that was there as we're showing up.
1: Well, either way,
2: I, I should just remind you uh, that there was a limousine out front of Scores as we were showing up.
1: Yes, there was. And it had some people in it that we definitely didn't want to be there with. But I'll let you guys get into that. I want to highlight just exactly high how high end this place was. I have a degree of experience with centers of the night, and I will tell you this. I walked into that place and the first thing I looked at was the bouncer sitting by the door and I said, Let me see your black light. And he looked at me and he was like, What do you mean? I was like, I'm not sitting on anything in this in this fucking place unless I know it's just me. I was like, if I can't get a clean chair, I want something that's made out of metal. And I scanned down at least three or four chairs with a black light before I sat. And I'll tell you what, the bathrooms were absolutely deplorable. It was terrible, <laughs> but but it it really was, man. It really really was. Like I was not happy with this hot. Like I know I know I'm not giving like a bunch of material information here, but I'm definitely setting the scene because it was made out to be this high end place, invitation only, and you walk in there and you and like the first thing you get afraid of is venereal disease disease from the couches they have. And you're just like, ah, uh. so I ended up set- setting myself down on a folding metal chair. And that's just how I ended up enjoying that particular establishment. And um, geez, it was just, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty, pretty low, low class. And, that's my depiction of the strip club. I can tell you this much right now, Squatch. I would like you to highlight exactly some of the finer points of this place now, especially, especially mentioning our friend TP, please.
2: Well, I mean, as we came in, uh, we were escorted right in, like, welcome, gentlemen. We were uh, we were given the, the uh, VIP treatment, like, to include, we were taken right up to a VIP set it was roped off we were sat down in some nice chairs we were given bottle service right off the bat like and they and they
0: had a private stage which consisted of a big ass coffee table (laughs) oh and i
1: refused three different strippers from sitting on my lap i was not gonna have it
2: there was uh, uh uh there was a guy who had been in the vip section they told him to move along like when we came in they they had him move along and he looked a little bit dejected. and Okay, dejected is the wrong word. He looked pissed. He had a big stack of money in front of him, and he picked up his money, and, and he was having words with a bouncer that told him to move along. But he moved along. So we came over. We sat down. Now, TP, we should, we should probably mention something about TP. He is uh, he's a super interesting guy, big heart, sweet guy. Never, ever seen a pair of boobies aside from his own wife's. And he wasn't even married to his wife then. So I don't think that he'd even seen hers yet.
0: <laughs>
2: uh, he And he was saving himself. He said specifically that he was saving himself. When we first went in there, he literally put a hand up over his eyes like blinders and would only look at the floor immediately in front of him for fear of actually seeing something. Uh, and and I'm telling him, look, relax, TP, relax. You know, you're, you're out here to have a good time. Look around you. It's a menu just because you're on a diet. doesn't mean you can't look and see what's out there. And, uh, he was having none of it. He was so freaked out when he saw a stripper come over and talk to me and put her arm over my shoulder that when Raz walked up behind him and put his hand on his shoulder, he launched himself. These so we're in these little club chairs. So this VIP section has like a, a has like a, a big overstuffed leather like love seat thing that, uh, <laughs> and then That's there are the good. club chairs. And TP sat himself in a club chair. Well, the club chair had wheels on it, and when Raz touched TP on the shoulder, he like his legs shot out, making the wheels. <laughs> under the chair, and he launches himself in the chair across the room, slams into a mirror, like a mirrored wall. I was afraid he was going to destroy the place, and he screamed like a little girl, like I did one time when I woke up and there was a snake wrapped around my legs. I screamed like a little girl, and the only thing that ever sounded worse than that was TP when he thought <laughs> a sex worker touched him. Ah! <laughs>
1: Folks, I wish, I wish this, I wish that that squats were churching this story up a little bit, but this is he's actually he's actually being nice to poor TP because <laughs> I I can tell you that 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 the noise was a lot more dramatic, the launching was also a lot more dramatic. I mean. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It,
2: it was difficult to hear in this, because obviously we're in a strip club and they've got the thumpa-thumpa music and the bass is going, and my ears are already damaged from uh, 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 from just a lifetime of abusing them. So I can't hear conversation in there, but piercing through all of this, all of the thumpa-thumpa and the people trying to talk over the music and and the, the sound of the boobies screeching on the poles, you can hear... TP, just shrieking like a banshee as he launches it, it was now, It
0: was
1: epic. No, no.
0: He, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. And When you say I put my hand on his shoulder, I actually put both hands on his shoulders and, and, and ran them down his chest just to try to get a rise out of him. But the thing about it is, he, he should have known it was me. And I say that because he had literally turned that chair because, as you said, it was on wheels. He had turned it away from the girls. Yes, he that's not why he launched him.
1: himself into well, hang a... hang on, hang on,
0: hang on. So he had turned it away from the girls, but we didn't know at the time. But we subsequently found out is when he turned it, he turned it so he could still look at the girls in a mirror. <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, he, was, he
0: did. He still had his hand
2: up, so he was only peeking, like, out of the side of his eye through the <laughs> mirror to, like, get just the most oblique like peripheral view of side boob.
1: <laughs> I, I am a very patient and tolerant man. And there are very few instances where I find myself, quote, embarrassed, unquote, to be in public with somebody, especially the way I was apparently dressed that night. I shouldn't have been judging anyone, but I'll tell you what, TP, TP, I was very, very, very embarrassed about TP, and that's just it. But let's back up a little bit, all right? Because we only went to the strip club with Squatch, Raz, Buck, and TP.
0: Because Zuav and Tyrone, (laughs) (laughs) they bailed because they didn't want to go to a freaking titty bar. but
2: Correct.
0: So we're ragging on TP. At least he went inside. (laughs) He didn't abandon his buds in downtown Baltimore. He at least went inside.
1: Well, no, he abandoned us right after that. Yeah, that's true. true. Well, he was
2: pretty upset. So I'm not sure exactly what happened next because he was upset. He was upset enough that he walked out through. Now, they, they didn't allow smoking in the club. And I had a cigar, so I they let me walk out through. They had a kitchen. I don't know what kind of a strip club has a kitchen, but they had a kitchen. And they let me walk out through the kitchen and past the girls' dressing rooms. And I was standing in the back hallway next to the back door smoking a cigar. With The, the girls were coming up and smoking their cigarettes at the back door with me. And he came up. Now, he didn't have a problem with that. But he came out to talk to me about how upset he was. And there's... There's naked strippers smoking right there. And he's cool with talking to me about how upset he was when we were fucking with him because somebody touched him and he thought that he was cheating on uh, on his, at the time, fiance. He didn't have a problem standing there while I'm smoking a cigar, while the strippers are smoking cigarettes, talking to me about how being uh, uh, us fucking with him because it, it, And making him think he was cheating. Because he thought it was cheating if a girl touched him. So as uncomfortable as he was about the whole being in the club, like with the illusion of intimacy and the darkness and the thumpa-thumpa music, you know, that he was uncomfortable with. But like hanging out with naked girls while I smoked a cigar was fine. <laughs> a little bit of an oxymoron
1: there. Uh, you know what? I mean, his logic is a little skewed and we can obviously see that it didn't work out on paper either, you know, but the, the, the scores experience was ruined by our killjoy friend TP and by again, the Baltimore freaking Ravens.
0: So yeah, yeah, as we're all yeah,
2: you have here, to fill this part in because as I said, I was smoking a cigar <laughs> and I had a bouncer that came and got me from the back door and said, Something, uh, something to the effect of uh, your friends, uh, your friends need to leave, or something like that. So you <laughs> right. have to plan the gap.
0: So as we're sitting there, all of a sudden, um, the uh, there's a big commotion by the door, and we kind of just like whatever, and we look over, and there's a bunch of people coming in, and we realize very quickly that one of those people is Todd Heap. <laughs> and he is with i am assuming the entire offensive line of the baltimore ravens now i say we when we say we came in we were ushered to this vip area and blah 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 well apparently that was, that was the lower tier vip area there was one upstairs so some of the guys went straight to the bar which if you're going to a strip club why you go to the bar i'll never know but they did and um, most of them went upstairs Todd Heap was one of them that went to the bar. <laughs> so I'm looking at the back of his head. I look at Buck and I said, we got to go. But by the time that I even had said that, if you would have looked around, you would not have seen a single stripper in that place. Not a one. Every single, every single one of them disappeared. They were all upstairs because that's where the billion dollar paychecks are at. <laughs> So it it dried up anyway, but at the same time, this is the kind of place where Todd Heap said, hey, uh, I'm going to kick that guy's ass, and you guys are not going to see anything. They wouldn't have seen anything.
1: (laughs) I don't know, man. I'm just happy to leave. Because then we we went to the highlight of the night, man. We got rid of TP in the parking lot because he bitched out. And then then we, we all took a stroll in Squatch's Cruiser, because that's what we were driving in. Squatch let us uh, let us ride along with him in the in his car, and we went down to Fell's Point.
0: I think I was driving a BMW. No, you weren't. Yes, he was. Yeah, mm. I was. Yes, he was. He was driving the Beamer. Well,
1: whatever. It was, kind of, driving, it was kind of important I I... that
0: we drive something high end to get in some of these high end places. So. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Whatever. Well, I'm in the back of Squatch's car, and we're 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 now traveling down to Fell's freaking point.
0: Which, for those of you not familiar with Baltimore, is essentially where uh, Baltimore College is. Maryland, University of Maryland, sorry.
1: It's the worst part of Uh, Baltimore.
2: Actually, not really. But uh, Fell's Point is, uh, it is definitely a social area. It's like where the nightclubs and the restaurants are. The closer you get to the water, the the more high-end places are. And we did go down. And we did see a few places along close to the water, and I think we even stopped at like Bertha's and got a beer. But that's not where we ended up. We went about uh, three or four blocks up past the market to uh, uh, a little to senior, shadier type. It was of
0: called place. the Ritz.
2: <laughs> it it is called the Ritz. It's still there, I think. I mean, I I haven't been there in a minute, but uh, I I, I, I they go through got
1: Pictures up on the wall there, man. <laughs>
2: The Ritz does not live up to its name. Just like Scores was a little on the high end side, the Ritz—that's uh, also a—it's uh, it, it, a place to look at boobies that do not belong to you. So but
1: it's also most of the boobies there are the ones that they don't want to have in Scores.
2: They're—they're they're the kind of boobies that you're not really sure that you want to look at. <laughs>
1: You look at those boobies the same way you look at udders on a cow, dude. You're you like, guys yeah. didn't say
0: that shit, but there was some in there that were, were just fine, thank you very
1: much. Hey, you know what, Raz? I'm not. I'm not. Different strokes are different folks, brother.
0: Anyhow, so let me set. there so we end up this. going in there. The it's, very it's first it's, it's a very one. long and narrow building. First and foremost, correct. So there's it's big enough that there's the bar with the seating, and then you have to walk past the bar to get to the, the stage which is along the wall of one side and seats are along the other wall. It, it's, it's bizarre. And then there's it's an really area.
2: Even, it's more just an area where they can come along and grind up against you and try to take your money from you.
0: Which did not happen and we'll explain why.
2: <laughs> no, I don't think we paid for a, for a thing including drinks.
0: Nope, we didn't pay for a goddamn thing. Not business. a damn thing. Because when we got there we thought we'd T P uh he had left us. Uh Tyrone had left us. Zuwov had left us. And we were just left with the three of us. And this little bar it did have like I said, it was like a, just a long area. It was bizarre. And there was one guy sitting up there. That was it. Just one dude. And the guy was Art. a handsy little asshole. And he was not he he was just he was just being a dick. He was grabbing at the girls and being demeaning to them and regardless of what you think of the profession they are up there to do a job they're making a living no matter what you think of it and yes they are taking their clothes off for money but you, you still got to respect them a little bit come on consent is a thing very much so this guy's being a complete asshole and their bouncer if that's what you want to call him Remember Glass Joe from the Punch-Out games on the NES?
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Imagine Glass Joe, but black. This guy looked like if... He would get winded opening the refrigerator. I mean, this dude was tiny.
2: Well, not only that, but he was so fucked up. Like, when when you walk past him, just the odor of marijuana and booze coming off of them. He was like some bum they picked up in the street and he was fat and he was barely awake. Like he was so high. He, he wasn't even aware how
0: high he was. Now you're looking at three people who were either in or former at the time law enforcement. And this guy's up there acting like an asshole. We're already in kind of like a pissy mood anyway. (laughs) So when I say we ejected him from the premises on their behalf, I, I don't say that in a. Um...
2: He flew. He, he flew. flew.
1: <laughs> yes, he did. He
2: put his hands where they did not belong. Buck looked at me and said, "I'm pretty sure in the in the voice of a large black woman." Oh no, he didn't. <laughs> And I remember grabbing him by the seat of his pants and his collar and somebody else grabbed him in a similar fashion. I'm not sure which of you it was, but we walked him to the door and gave him a one, two and a, and a heave. He flew.
1: <laughs> no, that that I do remember that very vividly. Um, that man was not. There was no question about whether he wore out his welcome or not. Once we were finished, it's. Uh,
0: we, so girl, we did. We,
1: yeah. The girls yeah. then come up to us and they all come over.
0: And I mean every stripper in the place is there thanking us for removing this guy and telling us how worthless their bouncer is.
2: I mean, in fairness, there's like 4 of them, but there's only 3 of us. So, it's still got to make <laughs> of a good night. It, yes, did. it did.
0: And for the rest of the night, we didn't pay. The girls were man, they were all over us all night. They bought
2: us drinks.
0: They bought us drinks. <laughs> We that's went to right, strip folks. club, And the strippers paid us. I mean, that's come on.
1: right, folks. We actually have a story that legit happened where the stripper bought us a drink.
0: <laughs> I didn't pay for a dance all night either. I don't
1: believe. <laughs> no, you didn't, man. You did not.
0: You and that, did not. and we we were there for quite a while then too. It was just like, yeah, okay, this is it. We found our spot. <laughs> the most dive strip club in all of Baltimore.
1: We were home. So, all right. So to wrap this evening up, though, we are driving back from Baltimore to Pennsylvania. And my clock is ticking down. I have to be home by 5 a.m. Because? Because? Because my ex-wife had to go to work. And, And I'll tell you what right now. By the time, and I had to go get a gallon of milk too. I had one job, two jobs, be home by 5 a.m., have a gallon of milk. I was like, all right. I showed up at my house opening the fucking door at 4.55 a.m. And my ex-wife was pissed. Oh, my gosh. It was was just such a great close to the night for me. (laughs) It really was <laughs> because no, cause I'll tell you what, it was a real, like Alec, uh, uh, Squatch Squatch did a great job of putting everything together. He really, really did. But I'll tell you what, it was a That's logistical a nightmare. Nice plan. It was, it was just, it was so hard for me to get out and like get permission. And Raz, you're such a good friend of mine. I remember I had to sell one of my guitars to the deputy warden of security at the prison we worked at for 250 bucks. I took that 250 bucks. I bought four packs of cigarettes because I like you, but I don't love you. And I did did have to support my own addiction. And I'm sorry about that. So minus four packs of cigarettes, which back then was probably about like 25 bucks. I took 225 bucks and I didn't return with a freaking dime. (laughs) I'll tell you what right now, man. You like I knew I knew Squatch had had you but I'll tell you what right now, man, I paid, I paid $225 to make sure that my buddy had a good freaking night. And I'll tell you what, man, here we are 15 years later telling the story and I'm still laughing.
0: <laughs> oh, we actually have a story we can say where the strippers paid us, where we got into a fight with an NFL football team almost. <laughs> and, um, Found and we're, one of our friends was a friend uh, of Boobs. That, it, it, it,
2: well, that, and where we had a British friend run away from Boobs. We'll have yeah. to tell another story about his bachelor party another day. Uh,
0: yeah, we can do that. That's definitely. <laughs> and
2: and that, that's why uh, in that
0: episode,
2: we will discuss how it is that he got the name TP.
1: We will.
0: We will indeed. <laughs> do you have anything else for us, Buck?
1: No man, no. I just, you know what? It was so great to have Squatch join us. I hope we can actually have him have him on with us again sometime, man.
0: That definitely is an upcoming thing. Uh, Squatch, thank you for joining us for this episode, uh, for this abbreviated pirate edition, essentially because you know Buck had to go and leave his damn house. That'd be neat. Uh... <laughs> you know what? <laughs> uh, yesterday now, was the first time. I...
2: Are going to have to be audio only because
0: oh, I... well, we know this. That's why we're doing it. Hey, you know day.
1: what? Check it though, man. Yesterday was the first day since 2019 that I wore a pair of jeans. Wow. Yeah, man. This is strong. This is family, dude. <laughs> I don't have a single pair of pants with an elastic waistband in my suitcase right now. That's that's devotion. Wow. Oh, is it?
0: Who knows? The, the, books, this is <laughs> like a- from Netflix sounded like it this yeah. has been episode 70 of the social liability podcast if you want to catch us you can check us on just about any major platform wherever you're listening to us on this now really if you hit the subscribe button it helps us out tremendously if you want to see some of our video versions you can check out the social liability podcast on youtube to search for social liability or, or the mount moon crew whichever you uh, deem appropriate and you'll find us on there if you hit the like subscribe button and hit the notification bell you'll know when we go live each and every week we record just about every saturday we have going well we've gone now for what 70 weeks buck yep. even 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 this ghetto version of the podcast so thank you very much for listening and we'll see you on the next episode of the social liability podcast